tonight I will want to talk about uh, different objects of mindfulness, mindfulness training, and how we, with the different objects of mindfulness training, we can discover more stability and more balance and more peace in our life. But before I start to talk, I would just uh, like to start very simple by creating some space through sitting quietly together in a very simple way, in a very natural way, so that you have the opportunity to shift from the busyness of the day to just being here without any pressure. And maybe you can sense uh, that, this is, that this is a space where you're welcome just as you are. It's just you bring yourself along without, uh, without any pressure, without needing to have better feelings or being more holy, or, but uh, just as a human being to, uh, to, be, uh, to be here with whatever comes, uh, whatever you bring from your life right now, whatever you bring from the day, and so there's space for here to, to be with that, without needing to fix or control or trying to get really um, to make a gesture of welcoming, like, uh, like taking a, a, child, a, a child into your arms and say, yes, Oh, this is how you feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, forget the word mindfulness. So with that you also forget that there's something you need to do, or something you need to become good at. So you just uh, let go of that. You, 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 you say goodbye to the meditator, because the meditator creates trouble, comparing and having expectations. So if you let go of the meditator, and you're just, you're just yourself, uh, that's so beautiful, if you can just have a moment of peace within who you are, just now. By allowing, you know, just allowing. And if you wish, you can gently close your eyes. And uh, if that doesn't support you, but rather takes you away, then you just open your eyes again and you look around. You look at me or at the, at the happy Buddha. I think he has such a big belly because um, he has a lot of space for feelings. <laughs> And, and that's what we also 
what we also need. Uh, so we need we need to have more space for uh, what it means to be human. So and it's true, some a lot of our feelings are happening in our belly and in our solar plexus. So it's like giving making space there and then and then our belly comes out a bit. So uh, there is a sense of shifting gear when you come into this room and you sit down. There's a sense of maybe it starts already, you know, when you come in here and you settle down, you sit down. There's a sense of shifting gear from the doing, you know, improvement, trying to get somewhere, trying to figure things out. So there's a shift to just being curious and uh, being open to life as it is happening right now for you. So if you take some time to adjust your posture um, so that you sit in a relaxed and gentle way with, but the chest is open, so the chest is open and there is a sense of softness in the front. Yeah. And the softness is possible because you feel the support of the back. You feel the support of the spine and the shoulders. And then I invite you to gravitate with your awareness into the trunk of your body. Like feeling, sensing how the floor carries you. So if you sit on a chair, then you feel the feet on your ground and how the chair carries you. And if you then just notice how you sit on the cushion. And it's beautiful because the floor gives you the permission to do nothing. So there's nothing you need to do. And of course there's thoughts and mental images and it's not about you know, stopping that. Uh, the most, maybe the most important aspect of sitting like this is friendliness really uh, a friendliness without conditions. And that friendliness says, I'm here with you, whatever it is. 
I'm here, whatever it is, and I'm willing to touch everything. So I'm here with you, whatever it is. And the breath helps you in that welcoming, so welcoming yourself. So you feel how the breath is carrying friendliness into your belly, into your solar plexus. I'm here with you, whatever it is. And right now there's nothing to think about. There's nothing you need to understand or there's nothing you need to argue with. I'm not asking anything of you so you don't need to defend yourself. So maybe it's possible for you to allow the thoughts to go somewhat into the background in, the dif in a different room. The sounds, sounds can pass, thoughts can pass. And maybe you can already start to appreciate the stillness which arises when we sit quietly together like this. It's like a field of stillness which <coughs> arises when we come together in the spirit of compassion. And even if your mind is agitated, or you're tired, or there's discomfort because it's quite crowded, you can also listen to the stillness with your body, with your heart, with your belly. And that's so beautiful if you can listen to the stillness, even if there's noise. It's so beautiful if you can rest in peace, even if there's discomfort.
let yourself be meditated. And if some other experiences and the breath comes to the foreground, you allow that to happen. That might be a sense of peace or stillness, but it might be also a feeling of discomfort, sensations of discomfort. You allow yourself to find a place of rest in the midst of your experience, just as it is. you allow yourself to find a place of rest in the midst of your experience, just as it is. Listen.
And then when you notice that you emphasize the inner dialogue a lot. So noticing that it's a precious moment to notice, to become aware. And sometimes it is quite easy to return to reality then by softening your belly, by taking a breath, by realizing that you are here in a moment where you have everything you need, where there's nothing to do. Just be here with us. It's difficult for you to to the breath. You can also return to the to your hands, the way they rest on your lap or you're tied. So you have a sense of groundedness. Staying in tune with the silence, 
a bit like staying in tune with the sky while you're observing the clouds. The sky of your heart. stay with yourself, returning and holding and touching, giving space, allowing the flow of life to evolve. Sounds come and go, sensations, thoughts, Opening, opening, opening. Softening, softening, softening. 
what we nurture is our capacity to be present in a loving way, in a gentle way, not to run away. <coughs> I'm here with you, whatever it is. And I have the courage to touch everything, whatever comes up. Because I know only what I touch can be enjoyed, and only what I touch can be healed. You let your awareness be healing hands. Sometimes it happens that we try to calm down in meditation or become peaceful. And quite often what happens when we try to calm down and become peaceful, that the opposite happens because we start to resist an aspect of our experience and we try to manipulate or figure out an antidote towards thoughts or towards restlessness or towards uh, an emotional tsunami. I know the emotional tsunami. 
did you have someone today? One today. <laughs> uh, I had one today. So. Yeah, and it's uh, it's great that I that I can that I can notice them. The tsunamis they they don't last as long as they used to. Like now I, I'm speaking about twenty years. Or so. <laughs> <clears throat> so sometimes uh, we try to use meditation as a way to uh, uh, calm down the tsunami. And what what often happens is that then uh, because we resist what is happening, then that it actually gets worse. Because not only we don't get the handle over the tsunami, but because also we we blame ourselves for not you know not calming down or not feeling better. So. Uh, It's uh, so instead of you know, trying to calm down or becoming still, which is actually you know, to try to become still in your meditation is pretty hopeless because we don't live the life, the kind of life which supports that kind of meditation. We read about it in the books, but this, you know, many of those meditation books we might read, they, they are, they are coming from a from a different background of people who, you know, who, are, who live in a very supportive environment, not in the kind of life we live. So many people are are very frustrated with, with their meditation practice because they have this idea of cultivating stillness um, but then we don't live a life which supports that so then our meditation practice becomes a struggle with the natural condition of a mind which lives within the conditions we, we live in So we are not living in caves, but we are living in relationships, and they are damn difficult. <laughs> it's it's more difficult to awake, for to to awake uh, for us, because we live. The way we live, but that's not—that's uh, actually not a problem if we don't make it a problem. So, but what we can do in our meditation, and and that's what I pointed to in in this meditation just now, is that what we can discover that there is always stillness also happening, that there is also that there is also peace happening in the same time. in the midst of the catastrophe, in the midst of the tsunami, there's also stillness happening. 
there's also peace happening. It's a bit like before you try to control the clouds, you know, to see the sky. And you, you, you try to focus hard or try to do other things uh, to calm down so that you can see the sky. And definitely the clouds, they seem to block the sky. But uh, for us, I think, in the way we live up, the, the way in our, just now in our life, it's much more helpful and it's such a relief to get a taste, to discover the stillness which is always already there. Which you don't need to break through to or which you don't need to calm your mind or feel better <laughs> or uh, be less afraid or be less sad. Uh, so what I'm talking here about is peace, which is there all the time. Kind of the background frequency of peace. Background frequency of stillness. With every noise, there's stillness. With every sound, with every sound, there's stillness. Otherwise, the sound couldn't happen. The sound needs the stillness to travel. Of course, we get locked into the sound because what we are trained in and we are fascinated by the content of our experience. So what I'm suggest suggestion here is while you listen to music of the stillness, and some music is very good in that. Some music is very good in pointing to the stillness because it's made by someone who, you know, <clears throat> the, the music this person makes comes in contact out of the stillness. A voice comes out of the stillness. So music like that, it's quite easy for you to, when you listen to that kind of music, that you, that you kind of realize, wow, this music is there for pointing to stillness. I, I some time ago I talked with a musician and she said to me she had a teacher who used to say when he, when she played the piano and after he used to say you have to make the silence more forte uh, you have to you have to make the silence more strong the silence between the sounds. So similar in your experience, and that's the kind of meditation I, I share a lot here on Tuesdays, not only, but that's part of it, is uh, what I would like to share with you is that there's a possibility to make the peace, to, to make the, the stillness more forte, without uh, mingling with, with the restlessness or with you know, the distraction or uh, 
with a, without you know that all can happen at the same time. That's a that's that's an incredible precious uh, capacity we all have. <clears throat> Because what the Buddha, what the Buddha discovered is, we suffer, you know, we stress out in in life. We suffer because we resist what is happening. So either we like it, so we cling and we want to have more, or we don't like it, so we resist. And these are the two movements we usually relate to our experience, and that is suffering. But if that there is, you know, that the peace you are seeking and the peace you are longing for is always given, that you don't need to work towards it, that you don't need to calm down, that you don't need to be less afraid or less sad or less confused or uh, that then then you are then you, then you have much more capacity to let life flow through you so you let life through flow through you and when i say life i mainly actually mean feelings It's not the things which happen in your life. It's not the feelings you have regarding the things happening in your life. So if you if you if you increase your capacity to let the energy of your feelings, and then you discover, wow, actually, where I want to be, the peace, the wholeness, the completion, the home. Is uh, is already is already happening. It's a bit like we all have naturally this capacity. I, I give you an example. You know, it's a bit like you have a difficult period in your life and you're very re reactive. Yeah, so that's so you are reactive, you, you take it serious, you are and part of this reactivity, of course, is that you blame the others for how you feel. Because most of our reactivity is happening in our relationships. But the suffering comes from your reactivity. So, you know, you have a day like that. You are really reactive. And you, uh, you are, you're not even aware that what makes you suffer is your reactivity. Kind of you're completely fused with the reactivity. And then, you know, you go... Uh, you go to the beach, 
or you you know you run by the beach so you run and 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 you you bring your reactivity with you so you run with your reactivity by the beach and suddenly you don't know how oh it's like oh <laughs> yeah, and after two kilometers, it's still there, yeah? and it has to be there. That's what we are here for. That's what we signed in for, yeah, to experience all this shit. <laughs> that's what, like, that's our mission, you know, that's a mission statement. We have signed into. We we are signed into the statement of having feelings. Yeah. So then you run, yeah. So and then and then suddenly you you kind you 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 without without maybe being really aware of that that is happening but you lose somewhat the fusion with your own reactivity so it's still happening maybe the thoughts and there's contractions in your body but you kind of you see wow there's more to life there's the sky there's the beach and uh, so that's a bit what you can discover in meditation. So you, you bring your reactivity into the meditation session. And then you don't start to interfere. So this kind of meditation is a, a practice of non-interference. So you, it's not a, a, a practice of transforming emotions or doing something with it or applying an antidote. It's a practice of discovering their space. And then if you take the pressure off, then what usually happens is that an, that an emotion, that tsunami can, uh, can go through your system much quicker. And for enable to do that, I'm talking of something completely different now. I I, I planned, but anyway, <laughs> I can go along. Uh, I will talk about what I plan next time. Um, so, in order to uh, give space to that tsunami, what you need is a is a container, is some grounding. And that's what the meditation po posture gives you. Yeah. So you 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 settle down in in that uh, kind of warrior-like posture, which is not hard. It's soft and flexible. It's uh, but it it has this groundedness. Yeah. So you settle down with that. And, and, and uh, maybe you, when you sit, sit down, you might take refuge or you might remember the presence of a teacher or you, 
you 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 connect with uh, you connect with like a a protection of kind of a pro yeah a protection a, a support so that, that that's what you know this meditation posture can can give you and uh, and then with the commitment of not running away that's what you know when the buddha sat down on, under the bodhi tree where he awoke uh, that, that was what he what he he made this commitment i'm 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 sitting i'm going to sit and whatever comes up i will be present i will be present with an open heart so the the this meditation is is you know, you can say it's love it's like you know so you touch your experience with love your own experience And then uh, maybe you have read the story of the awakening of the Buddha in the night. The tsunamis came. Yeah. And they came in the form of, you know, the Mara, the outside. Yeah. But but that's that's the tsunamis. So aggression came, and incredible desire came, and insecurity came, and doubt came, and and all that, and the Buddha just stayed. And then in the, one of the, I think it was, it was the last, uh, you know, the last <coughs> tsunami which came was uh, the, you know, someone appeared in front of the Buddha and the Buddha was uh, has sat through all the tsunamis in that night without losing his heart. And uh, so the, the last uh, temptation or the last challenge, if I remember right, if not, then I just make it up now. <laughs> so. The Lami was um, someone appearing and looking at the Buddha and saying, who do you think you are? You know, how dare you to just sit there? Who, th who do you think you are? Yeah. And, and uh, as the answer, the Buddha made this uh, earth-touching mudra, which you see quite often in the in the statues, yeah? so the Buddha is holding the begging bowl, and his right hand is touching the earth, and the earth touching mudra. And uh, you know, one way to translate this uh, this mudra is, uh, I have the right to be here. I have the right to be here. So that's the, you know, the posture. I have the right to be here. I, I have the right to be by myself. 
and I have the right to have my experience. Don't tell me what I have to feel or that my feelings are wrong or I shouldn't feel like that. Don't tell me I shouldn't feel like that. I have the right to be here. This is my feeling and I'm loyal. loyal. I'm loyal to myself and my feelings. And that's what we often do. I mean, we hear it also from other people, of course. That's where we learned it. You know, one, one of the things my mother used to say to me, she does not speak English, so I can, <laughs> I can talk about my mother. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things my, my mother used to say to me when I was small was, don't make a face like that. Don't make a face like that. It, maybe it does not mean much, you know, but it can be so hurting. Because what you actually said was, don't feel like you feel. I don't want you to feel like that. It's wrong that you feel like that. And one way or another, we all have heard that from our parents and from our peers, peer, peers, from our peers, from teachers, or and then we, then we, uh, then we started to talk like this with ourselves. So, like I, I say to myself, don't make a face like that. Yeah, don't. I shouldn't feel like that. This is wrong. I shouldn't feel like that. I shouldn't be hurt by this. Or I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have doubts, I shouldn't have this and that and this and that. And then we might start a path of, you know, trying to control our feelings. And, you know, some of the methods we use, they kind of temporary help maybe. Uh, but. Uh, what what is suggested here in the practice of mindfulness that loving attention not trying to figure out or trying to you know do something with the tsunamis uh, but uh, being present So when you sit down next time, maybe you remember like a statue of the Buddha can be like a, you know, a symbol for that. You know, I have the right to be here. This is my space. And I'm here with me, I said before. You know, I'm, I'm here with me. I'm here, I'm here with myself. And I'm willing to touch everything, whatever comes up. And when I say I'm touching everything, what I mainly talk about is to be in tune, to be in touch with the somatic aspect of your emotions. So that's where the, this healing 
Well, that's where the healing happens. That's where the healing of the wounds you carry happens. It happens in the body. So when when I when, when I uh, when a tsunami is happening in my life, what I what I'm really the direction I, I want to go is uh, to feel it in my body. So a, a question, like a, a question which helps me doing that is to ask myself, where do I feel this in the body? And of course, I, I uh, you know, this this morning, in, the, in this morning's tsunami, I noticed that I don't want to go there because it's so painful. But I kind of, I, I, you know, it helps that I'm teaching it, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because then I, then I kind of, I feel, at first I remember more easily. Uh, so, but uh, this morning I really noticed how I kind of had to, uh, where is this, it was a kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, but then immediately, immediately when you start to touch, something happens. I mean, I'm not saying it goes away. And I'm not saying at all it goes for away forever, but uh, it, it is uh, immediately there is some more, some more capacity to just be. Okay, so let's have a break. And then um, we see. <laughs>
Yes, so if you uh, sit down to have some quiet time with yourself, then it's a good place to start with uh, adjusting your posture, just to take some time for allowing your body to settle. And uh, we can be inspired by the posture of the Buddha, <coughs> which is a posture of kindness, of gentleness, groundedness, but also a posture of courage. So the courage to be yourself. So the spine is standing like a pile of coins and the chin is slightly tucked in like a peacock. And that allows the shoulders to relax. And there's a sense of a strong back. Not, not tight, not tense, but a supportive back. As if like the Buddha or Jesus or His Holiness the Dalai Lama is standing behind you with his or her hands on your shoulders so that your shoulders soften but you also feel the strength of compassion, the strength of love and if there's a refuge in the back, if there's a strength in the back then your front can soften. So your belly can soften. The solar plexus can soften. <coughs> the heart area can soften. Feel the connection with the floor, with the earth. And the whole body, the whole body is alive, the whole body is breathing. From the toes to the top of your head. And it's a sliding into a gentle presence. So it's not so much that you do something, 
what you need to find is an effortless way to let meditation happen. And when we sit quietly together like this, it's more easier to get a sense of what I mean when I say let meditation happen. It's like kind of you, you start to be in the presence which we share, in the heart space we share. So it's a letting go of any effort into the timeless presence which we share like sitting in the sun and so checking in also how are you doing how are you right now how is it to be here? And then a possibility is that you become more aware of the breath coming and going. It's not that you concentrate on the breath, it's more that you start to rest in the breath. You start to rest in the breath. And if possible, you rest in the breath within the trunk of your body. So maybe you gravitate towards the belly and the solar plexus. Also the root of your body, if you like. Thoughts continue to arise, and that's okay. But you don't emphasize them.
And then you might start to appreciate the stillness which arises when we sit quietly together like this. The space, the where space. where the breath comes from and dissolves into. Where this voice travels. where this voice travels, leaving no trace behind.
the sensations in your body coming and going, the breath changing, sounds, thoughts, in a dialogue, mental images, the stream of life, the flow of life, moving, changing, flowing. And then there's something else, something which does not change, something which is always already here. Timeless presence, like the sky, primordial peace, your essence is primordial peace, manifesting a ceaseless compassion. Your essence and the essence of everyone is primordial peace, manifesting a ceaseless compassion. And at the end of this sitting, I invite you to feel how we can share 
the stillness. Not here in this room from heart, from heart to heart, but out into the city. So that you have a sense that wherever you go now, and while you go there, you are bathed in stillness. And when you arrive home, the content of your experience is different. But there's something which stays the same. When you get up and you walk down on this, you go home and you arrive home. Something stays the same. Like the clouds change and the weather changes, but the sky remains open, boundaryless, pure. From the point of the view of the sky, you never get anywhere. You're always here. Buddhist point of view, to awake means to awake to the primordial peace, to awake to your essence, to awake to your essence, which is primordial peace, manifesting as ceaseless compassion. So to rest in that. And then see it also in the people around you. And by seeing it in the people around you, you wake it in them. And then comes the tsunami. And I had a few afterthoughts about the tsunami. So 
uh, one afterthought about tsunami is it's a mistake to think it shouldn't happen. Or that it is about that it is about not having tsunamis anymore. You know, even the Buddha experienced tsunamis after his awakening. So I think, uh, you know, after this night, when the morning star rose, that the Buddha was finished with tsunamis. But actually what happened in the 40 years after that, Mara, that was how the tsunami was called, Mara continued to appear. And uh, the difference was that the Buddha um, had a space. So when the tsunami, he, uh, he sat down on, and offered a tea to Mara. And he asked, Mara, how are you doing? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and uh, and they, I see you, Mara. I see you. And he would remain undisturbed. And then at the end of the story, it says, and after a while, Mara leaves. Yeah. After a while, Mara leaves. Yeah, that's very beautiful. Mm. And true. Even if, in your case, Mara is quite persistent. <laughs> and it seems that he takes a long time and you need to give him a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, start to give him tea. And you can say, Mara, I see you. And uh, to say that is already liberating because what you say then, I'm not that. I see you, I'm not that. I, I'm not the tsunami. I'm that which is seeing. So by in the moment you are able to say that, the, the fusion with the tsunami lessens. So the first thing I think, an important thing is uh, to accept the presence of tsunamis and to kind of give up the project of not having tsunamis, to give up that project. It might be that there will be tsunamis even if you're enlightened. I'm not sure, but uh, it could be. And then the second, I thought, you know, like kind of 
in my when quotes about you know how to navigate the territory of the tsunamis. But one uh, one uh, one uh, healthy response could be uh, a practice of walking with the tsunami. Sometimes we have this idea that meditation needs to be like sitting down. But in a tsunami, that might not be the most skillful move first. So how about walking with the tsunami? Not walking against the tsunami or trying to run away from the tsunami, but walking with the tsunami. So walking while you are in the in the in touch with the sensations going to the fitness center with the tsunami one can also go to the fitness center and punish your body and try to get rid of the tsunami here i'm talking about might look the same but it's it's very different it's very different to go to the fitness center with the tsunami and then to see what happens. Then also, I thought singing with the tsunami. Yeah. And that's in the Buddhist tradition, we have these mantras and I'm using them quite a lot. Uh, so, like I have this group on uh, on Mondays where we explore tantric practice in the Shinrizik, the Buddha of Compassion. And uh, it's a big part of that uh, practice to sing the mantra together. So that's also like singing with a tsunami, not to, um, <laughs> to be louder than the tsunami, but to sing with the tsunami. Then, if the tsunami is not, um, if the tsunami kind of uh, is not that overwhelming, it's a possibility to use the practice. I have a recording of that on uh, on my Sound SoundCloud profile, which is a meditation of you know connecting with a part of your body which is more soft and open, for example, your hands or your feet or your legs. And from that place then to touch the discomfort and then go back to that area of more openness, more peace, and then touch the discomfort. And so in that way, to, to acknowledge that, I mean, sometimes in a tsunami, it feels it's the whole body, it's the whole being. But if you train body awareness, you realize you know, that your feet, for example, are quite happy often. Or you're, it, it might be even that, there's a lot of turmoil here, but if you just shift your attention a bit higher 
and then you might realize, wow, there is actually more softness, more quietness here than I expected. Or it could be also the other way around, that you have the stress kind of here, and then if you bring your attention down into your root, you, you, you realize, wow, there is quite some openness there. So you can, you can find your, your, like, you can find your refuge, or you can, you can find your safe place within the body. Of course, if the tsunami is like, uh, then uh, it might be better to start with walking with a tsunami. Like, and you don't need to go out for that. You can do some walking meditation in your room, like just walking mindfully back and forth, bringing your attention into the movement, into the way the feet touch, touch the floor. After a while, you might be able to sit down and be more present for the sensations. If you're able to sit down or lie down, one thing I found really helpful is to, to use your hand and to put your hand as a sign of support, as a sign of, of kindness to the area where you feel it most strongly, which is quite likely the solar plexus or the belly. Yeah, but the solar plexus is quite often the place where there's a lot of hardness, a lot of tension. So then if you, if you put the, your hand there and you breathe into and you feel the warmth of the touch, that is, uh, you know, you, as, a, as, a, as a social being, you are actually hardwired to respond to touch. It's just like you can't help yourself. It's a neurological response. If you are gently touch, that something softens. So it's it's a very helpful mudra. You know, these hand gestures are called mudra in the Buddhist tradition. It's a helpful mudra to to touch the area where you feel the the turmoil the most. <coughs> and to make that a, a gesture of self-compassion. Something like, yeah, it's difficult. Oh, yeah, it's really difficult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> To, you know, to, yeah, it's difficult. It's damn difficult. Shit. You know, life is so difficult. If there would be a God, I would punch his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's like, uh, you know, giving you the space to feel, yeah, this is a difficult moment. This is a difficult day or... And your hand can sh can show that. Yes, and then then you meditate on selflessness. <laughs> <laughs> so then you ask yourself, 
Who is experiencing this? Who or what is experiencing this? Thank you very much for being here, sharing your presence, your stillness, and be well. Good luck mm -hmm. with the tsunamis the coming week. <laughs> be curious about it. Uh, I will try to do the. I will try to do the same. <laughs> and uh, see you next week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>